Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, episode number three, with your host, May Shayla, your co-host, Kayla Lewis, and unfortunately, Stacey couldn't join us for this episode, so it's just me and Kayla. Um, we got this. Yeah, yeah, we definitely got this, but man, I miss Stacey already. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We just gotta go hard with her next week. It's fine. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, my God. Is that she just brings she just brings another vibe, but you know what? Like you said, we got this. We we can definitely do this. Um, this episode is gonna be definitely shorter than the previous one, which by the way was unintentional. It was just so much to cover, so much to talk about. And personally, just wanted to make up with everyone for the week that we took off. Like I said, I take all faults to that. That was my doing. But yeah, Life we're back at it. <laughs> Yep. Like, oh God, let's not even get started on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so kicking off this episode, we're talking about pretty much giving you a recap of NFL Week 10, because let's just say, just like every other week, you know, every other nine weeks, it's just been a crazy, crazy week in football. I mean, it's just, I don't even know where to start, like, the games this this past week I don't know should we start with the Bills and the Vikings game should we start with the freaking Chargers and the 49ers game um the Rams and the Cardinals game which within injuries stole a lot of headlines around the league with Cooper Cup hurt Kyler Murray hurt Matthew Stafford hurt with a concussion Kyler Murray I believe a hamstring Cooper Cup now on IR with an ankle injury everybody it's like yeah it's like it's just surprising because I'm like I was looking at the review and I'm like neither Darius, Kyler Darius Murray Shaquille Leonard is out he had back surgery yesterday we're doing great it's a it's a great week for football I mean the good news is your coach did beat the Raiders though I believe in Las Vegas I believe that game was so that's good news soon as okay, we're out here trying Soon as you said you was gonna throw in the towel, they won you a game. So there you have it. Hey, um, next, th- this upcoming week is gonna be a tougher week. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. You guys got Philadelphia. Yep. Off a loss. Off their first loss of the season. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um. Listen, I definitely know if a beatdown was to come, I know how it feels. I still got salt <laughs> in my greens for that. That was just, oh my God, I don't even want to really remind you of that because my team won this week against the Saints and I wish Stace was here to remind her about that because this week actually is an interesting week though, but we're going to get, but we're going to get more into that down the road. We actually got to finish recapping this though. Speaking of the Eagles, they're not undefeated anymore. 
And they lost to the Washington Commanders 32 to 21 at home on Monday Night Football in Philly. I don't even know what to say about that. I did not see that coming. I really thought the Eagles might, I said the Eagles was going to sweep the Commanders, but the Commanders obviously has other plans and, well, had, correct me, other plans, and they just went into Philly and did what at least nine other teams or eight other teams could not do, which is neutralize Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and others. But there was a lot of contra- you know, controversy within that game because they felt like it should have been a face mask called when, you know, one of the guys from the commanders grabbed the Eagles tight ends face mask. And it seemed like he was going for his eye and he fumbled the ball. They felt he should have been ejected. Did, did you watch, you watched that game, right? I, I watched a little bit of it, but I mean, I think they mentioned at the, it was either at the end of the first or the end of the second quarter, they mentioned that the commanders had the ball for 25 minutes. You're keeping Jalen Hurts off the field. Well, I'm assuming that actually has to be the whole half, but 25 Nearly. minutes, no, J- no, no Jalen Hurts on the field. Yeah, I mean, the fact you have him off the field that long, it that penalty call, it, yeah, it didn't help. But them also being off the field that long, um, definitely, it's just played a big role. Yeah, it did. It did. I think. I'm surprised the commander's defense was able to do that, especially without Chase Young. And surprisingly, he's supposed to be returning this week when they actually forgot who they faced. That's weird. But um, they play the Texans. So, I mean, I mean, he'll probably he'll still do chase things. But I mean, against opponent and against an opponent that's only one one game. (laughs) No, I can't even laugh, man. I, I'm not even laughing. My team is three and six right now. I can't even laugh right now. But it's just the way you said it makes me want to laugh. But still. Oh. Hey, I mean, look, they their one tie is how the Colts started out their season. So I don't have much wiggle room to talk about the Texans other than it seems like we were able to somewhat bounce back from that weird way to start out the season. But at the same time, you know, one seven and one, uh, and with Chase Young coming back, yeah, it's hard. Um, that commander's defense could definitely be problematic with the addition of him returning. But speaking of returns, this week TJ Watt returned, and let's just say against the Saints, he made a real statement. Um, I was actually excited but nervous for that game because. I'm just like how I am this week. I'm 50-50, but I'm pulling towards more of the positive side. Just like I was against the Saints game where I feel like the Steelers can pull it off again. And that's where I'm sticking, but that's week 11. This is week 10, so let's just allow me to stay on topic here. But... Jeff Saturday did win his debut as the Colts, you know, head coach. What were your thoughts on that? Well, let me start off by saying this. We still haven't had our bye week yet. And, I mean, we we still got plenty of time. And, I mean, like we mentioned, we still have – we have the Eagles next. And they're coming off their first losses of the season. So they're going to they're gonna have a bad taste in their mouth. And – not that I feel like Darius did a great job prior to him being out um, for his back surgery, but I mean, also with him going out multiple weeks, it's not that much of a impact. Um, and you can definitely see that the Colts have struggled on the defensive end without his leadership um, on the field. So, I mean, that's going to be rough on the defensive end of the ball and us not having our life together at quarterback hasn't helped our situation either. Um, so I, I'm not feeling too confident. Um, I mean, granted, I know this is not Jeff's fault. He was brought into this mess. That is my lovely Colts, but, um, I, I, I'm interested to see what he can pull off, um, next week and if he can actually, you know, help will the team to at least keep the game close. But I mean, I applaud him 
for going one and zero in his first week. But like I said, there's plenty of football left to play, and you know we've got some major pieces that we need to figure out still. And I'm not quite sure if he's the one to solve it. Which I mean, he's admitted that you know. So if, if it's not him, then he'll admit that it's not him. All right. Well, okay. So here's the thing. You said that there's still a lot of football left, but a lot of pieces that you need to solve. Are you still throwing in the towel for your cult season or are you starting I, to backpedal a little with some hope? I, I have, I no. I, there's the, the hope is still at the same level. It was at last week. <laughs> um, like I said, with this Eagles team coming off of a loss, um, and not having their offense on the field um, that much this past week. I'm sure they're going to take advantage of those holes in the Colts' defense and the lack of leadership um, from a missing uh, Darius Leonard. They're, I'm, I'm sure Jalen and uh, I'm sure um, Nick Sirianni um, would love to beat his former team. Mm. Well... You guys did have Jonathan Taylor back this week, and you're definitely getting him back this week against Philadelphia. So you had him back last week, correct me. And then you, his he made his epic return. Um, I think this is actually a perfect time for him to return because clearly his presence has been missed on the offense. And I think he was like he's personally the heart and the soul of your offense because they're starting to become slowly but surely a run-heavy team. But you said a couple of pieces. I'll just recommend getting another running back behind him so that you won't well, we, we did and overwork him. We did in Naheem Hines. That was our number two guy. We switched them out quite often. But with him going um, out with that concussion on Thursday night um, against the Broncos, um, we had our backup in, I believe the young man's last name is Jackson, but he was out last week so I mean the, the again the struggle of you know finding a suitable backup but like I said I had strong hopes in Naheem Hines um I've seen what he can do in person um from you know working with them so it's just you know again trying to see how they can fill that spot and fill it in well well yeah um well yeah you would know more than I would because obviously that's your team but I'll just, that's just my recommendations. I don't really feel comfortable with people or organizations or teams wanting to just use only one back because unfortunately running backs just don't last long in the NFL, especially when they're the ones doing all the carrying, all the loading and making all the plays and things like that. And just make it are the only pretty much like the sole ones making everything happen. You know, Every Batman needs their Robin. So uh, agreed, agreed. But I mean, I and I definitely agree with, like I said, our our offensive linemen. Uh, it, it they're struggling right now. So, you know, having JT run as much as he does and not having a strong offensive line, that that second back is definitely needed. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But moving forward, speaking of wins and losses this week. The Green Bay Packers bounced back from a five-game losing streak at home in Lambeau Field when they beat that Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and improved to, I believe, now a four and six record, if I'm not mistaken. They're that now four correct. and six. And yeah, we ready to talk about it. It was 31 to 28. They in beat the Cowboys overtime. in overtime. Is I mean, I don't really know like how to feel about that game because I could say that I didn't see it coming or I saw it coming, but it's like I was 50-50 on that game because it's Aaron Rodgers. You really can't write him off. Cowboys coming in hot. Obviously, their defense is problematic for opposing teams, opposing offenses to be more exact. I felt like Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott was going to be a little too much for the Packers defense to handle along with CeeDee Lamb and them guys it's just Green Bay figured them out and Aaron Rodgers just did what Aaron Rodgers does best or what he's known for doing which is making nothing out of something out of nothing and that's exactly what he did he pulled the tricks out his hat and led them 
down there. And I believe it was a field goal that won them that game. If I'm not mistaken, it was a field goal that won them the game. 28 yard field goal or field goal. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm reading the stats and good is in all caps. (laughs) Right. And it's like, it's it. I don't really know. I have, I don't have no words for that one. Um, obviously if you're a Cowboys fan, you could definitely thank Stephen A for jinxing you guys saying that the Cowboys on first take was going to whoop the Green Bay Packers and they're going to tease you about it right afterwards and all over first take this week. I, I mean, that, that Stephen A is something else. Um, it's all like, the time. all the time, it's like, it's like people just, people don't even care for the Cowboys to lose just because they hate the Cowboys. They care for the Cowboys to lose just to see what Stephen A says and does next. And that's really what it is. It's like this guy just, I don't know. I don't know. Weekly weekly shenanigans. That's what is expected. (laughs) Honestly, honestly. But with a certain team, I could feel the same type of way, but we not even going to get started on that. Uh, (laughs) If Stacey was here, we would have definitely got started. She would have found the way to bring it up. Trust me. Like she did the last time, but yeah, it, it's just, in your opinion, what does this mean for both teams? Like, what does this mean for the Packers who's clearly having hope on their season and their playoff hopes? And then for the Cowboys, what does this mean for them as they're obviously still in the conversation for the division, even with the Giants, right behind them obviously they got they own the tiebreaker because they beat the Giants I believe it was week three in MetLife and then obviously they did lose to the Eagles so they're the Eagles had the tiebreaker over them but the Eagles losing did open up a little for the Cowboys but the Cowboys losing did not help them so what does this mean for both teams when it comes to the playoffs oh I mean I think it's like you said you can't write um Aaron Rodgers are off because it is Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, I mean, I feel like there's still a fighting chance for them. I mean, I don't think he's just going to continue to go out for the rest of the season like he is. Um, yeah. But also in that same breath, I don't personally, I don't ever really hold the Cowboys to that high of a standard. Um, but I mean, I, I don't believe Zeke played this week. So, um, or this oh. past week. So, so he missed the game. Okay, that explained why the running game was a little limited. All right. Right. So that that makes me kind of nervous as well, not having him in there. Uh, but like I said, you can't you can't necessarily write Aaron off quite yet. Yeah. Um, so if you are a Green Bay's Packers fan, are you ready to throw in the towel still or are you ready to hold out hope? You gotta you gotta hold on to it. You got to hold on to it. Okay, because of Aaron Rodgers. Got it. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, what does this loss mean for you, even with Philly losing Monday? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. So what does this loss mean for you if you're the Dallas Cowboys, even with Philly losing Monday? Because is this also a conference loss? Mm, I mean, again, as a... As a Dallas fan, I mean, if you are one, I mean, you still have to look at it from the standpoint of this is just game or lost one for the Eagles, just the first one. And like I said, I, I would love to love on my Colts and feel confident um, in how they're going to do this uh, this upcoming week. But you don't see it. I don't I don't I don't see it. Um, I feel like the Cowboys are definitely going to have to do a lot um, to you know, make me change my mind. Yeah, that's that's valid. But so if you're the Cowboys coming into this week, what would your mentality be after week 10 loss to the Green Bay Packers? Regroup, regroup, regroup. And I mean, I don't know how many other teams say this to their fan base, but I know at least from, you know, as a Colts fan, and you're every week or every game, you're going one on zero. That's the mentality that you have to go with. So, I mean, I I feel like that's where the Cowboys need to be um, for the rest of the season, just taking it one game at a time and repeating that one and zero mentality. 
Valid. That's fair. Um, yeah, I actually agree with you because it's like you can't write off Aaron Rodgers no matter how the season looks or doesn't look because the wild card for both conferences is to me still open. It's any it's whoever wants it more. That's really what it's going to come down to. And then you have the the Cowboys, who I feel slowly but surely is punching their way in the postseason. Um, the division is obviously still up in the air. Thank God they do got game two in Dallas against Philly. So they got the hard part out the way, even though it wasn't, obviously it wasn't the result that if you're a Cowboy fan, you will want. But it is the result that you need because you don't want to go to Philly for game two. You want game two to be home in Dallas, especially now with the Eagles losing to the Commanders, which is a divisional loss. So right there, everyone at least owns one divisional loss. You know, one to two. And Lincoln Financial is outside, correct? Uh, Yeah, Lincoln Financial, Phil, is the Eagle Stadium. And I I don't know about everywhere else, but it is, it's kind of chilly here in North Carolina. Um, oh, it's it cold. It only got up to 40, and then, you know, Indiana, we had a little bit of snow a couple of days ago. So that, yeah. that's also something you have to take into account for yes. Dallas. Exactly. I mean, it gets so, cold, but yeah. So that, you that definitely want it in Dallas. You want it in your weather for game two. Exactly. So moving forward, though, um, the LA Rams they fell to three and six on the season. The defended Super Bowl champions lost another divisional game at home after getting swept by the Niners. Losing to the Bucks, and here they are falling to the Arizona Cardinals at home. It's no words. I don't have any words. I don't even know where to begin with the Rams. It's just I did not expect this from them this year. I actually expected them to be a playoff contending team. They could probably still turn that around, but if Stacy was here, oh my God, we both know what she would be saying right now, especially with Cooper nope. Cup. Yeah, especially with Cooper Cup going on IR, that definitely makes it makes the road back to the Super Bowl, definitely to the playoffs, more difficult with the Niners standing in your way, the Seahawks surprisingly on top of your division, even with losing to the Bucks in Germany this past Saturday. Or mid- they can me. go ahead and you know meet the Colts at the furniture store and grab their couch for the playoffs. Oh, mm-hmm. so you calling it quits. They can go ahead and join us. All it's right. Okay. So oh wow. <laughs> we have you good snacks. No. We have good snacks. <laughs> All right. Well that will be, you know, that that could, that actually would be a good topic for next week. Um is is who should we just write off already. But yeah. The Rams, it's not looking too good for them right now. I don't even know what's going on. I don't know whether it is the Super Bowl hangover or it's just more pieces being added where communication is obviously needed. And this is just, to me, un-Sean McVay-like. Like, we, I thought I would never see a Sean McVay team three and six. I will always thought that under him, he will find something and bring something to the table that will prevent his team from being in this type of deficit. But this year is just not looking too good for them. And I understand that there's a lot of three and six teams right now in the league. My Steelers being one of them, but here's lies the difference. The Rams slowly, but surely are getting worse. And their schedule's only getting tougher. They still got to play Green Bay. They still got to I, – I believe they play Minnesota this year. I'm not even sure. But if they do, they're in trouble. And this is the cons of being the Super Bowl champions. You get the best of the best because everyone wants, everyone wants a shot at you. Everyone wants to say or an opportunity to be able to beat you and to say that we beat the Super Bowl champions and the ramp. I meant the Bills were the first. The Bucks, I believe, are the no, the 49ers will be the second because the broomsticks got pulled out there, you know, beforehand. Then you turn right back around. Here are, you know, the Bucks and now the Cardinals all saying this. And it's just what what went on in LA that's like, I don't even know. I really yep. don't. 
Like I I said, they can just go ahead and pop a squat right next to us or get their own nice couch. I'm not, I'm not feeling confident in it. I'm not. I I mean, you're not the only one. I actually talked to a Rams fan in a bar in Pittsburgh, and he was pretty much telling me the same thing. Like, you know, this year is just not it for us. We're we're on a Super Bowl hangover. We're in the slump. Stafford's not playing as well as he's supposed to be. But the good news, actually, I don't really know the good news. I just pray that the Detroit Lions does not win this trade between them and LA Rams down the road. That's what I pray because the Rams, unfortunately, you could say that they can go to the draft, but this is the cons of not having enough draft picks or enough draft capital to be able to build the team back up that quick. Unless, you know, you can just draft very well that you could just find the talent and boom, 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 and just plug everything back in or make brief or make, you know, big free agent signings, but it's so hard to do that with a low cap space that the Rams have over the next three to five years with the salaries that they just gave, and rightfully so, because when you are the caliber players that they are, you're going to get paid so. And I think that's what the Rams was living off right now, along with the Super Bowl hangover. Obviously, the addition of Allen Robinson was supposed to take pressure off for Cooper Cup, and it only put more on because – Apparently, he's not getting open as much as he should, and he's not his presence is not being felt as much as expected. And then you got the defense who's possibly getting tired of worn out because they're always on the field every time you turn around. It's just it's just straight chaos in LA. <laughs> and then the Cooper Rams, Cup is now, yeah, and then it's Cooper Cup. Now it's on IR with at least with ankle surgery to his ankle. Like I don't even know. Like he's now on IR for at least four to six weeks with ankle surgery. If you're Odell, are you peeking in like y'all miss me or not? Uh, I honestly think they should have bought Odell back before he cleared waivers. And I'm going to tell you why. I don't think Odell would have even looked at other teams if he knew for a fact he was going to be back in L.A., I think Odell wants to stay there in L.A. Now, I'm not ruling out Buffalo because we, like I stated on previous episodes, his bond with Von Miller, his bond with Stefan Diggs, and the fact that they need another playmaker in that receiving court because a lot of people are now starting to tag team Stefan Diggs, starting to tag team Gabe Williams, starting to tag team McKenzie, and I think the addition of Odell in Buffalo can definitely boost that offense. And I think, you know, that's somebody who could definitely get them back on the right track, but I don't think there's nowhere Odell would rather be than LA. I mean, LA is a beautiful place. And then obviously we've seen it on television, the stadium of SoFi, and we've seen it from pictures with other people who've been in the stadium. So we're seeing like, yeah, it's so gorgeous. gorgeous. And then you go outside LA, it's a beautiful place. I mean, if you can afford to live there, why not? And Odell definitely can't afford to live there. I think that's where he resides right now, if I'm not mistaken. It's Even LA. with the cost of diapers and formula? Yes. Yes. Even with his, yes. See, when you make the money he make, that's not really much of a problem for you. It's, hey, it's really it not. It must be nice. It must be it's, nice. It's, it's nice. Like, honestly... I will live in LA right now if I had the money. I'll live in LA. Like, it's so beautiful. This really, you cannot be in LA and say that I don't have nothing to do. No, there's something to do in LA. You can just, it's it's a lot. You can either walk the Hollywood of fame, walk of fame, or yeah, that's what you call it. Um, you can go to Aces and Diamonds, which is a club. You can go to games all year round. They are all year round cities, all year round sports cities. So you can go to a Laker game, even though they are right now. Or you can go. (laughs) Yeah, agree. Or you can go to a Clipper game, which they are uh, mediocre. Or you could go to a Kings game. You can go to a Dodgers game come baseball season. It's like LA just gives you things to do. It, it it's like oh yeah or WNBA season you can you can holler at an LA Sparks game. This always and enjoy the sun during the summer. Yep, USC UCLA is March Madness now. We know we know how the schools play mm-hmm. and USC football team, college football team is doing extremely well this year and 
you know it's just LA is a city that keeps you busy and I think that's why the property there is so expensive because it's like they know people are going to want to live in LA because there's always something to do and obviously Odell when you have the connections that you have you already have chemistry with everyone on the team back to the sports perception here but when you are someone like Odell you have the chemistry that you have with someone on your team it's going to pretty much sum it all up it's it's to sum it all up it's going to be the place you're going to want to play I mean who would not want to play in that stadium who would not want to stay with a team that you have so much success with even with the shorter period of time that he stayed there it's it's, you're not going to want to leave. You're going to want to, you're going to want to stick this out with them. And with the bonds that he had with everybody already there with the Super Bowl ring, he's going to want another one and he's going to want to run it back, which is why you can't rule out Buffalo, even with their loss to the Vikings this past Thursday, because it's like, they're only another weapon away, in my opinion. So there you have it. I will ask this question then on Odell. Are you, do you think, because clearly he's a talented person, but do you think he is a good locker room guy? Honestly, yes. I think I've said this on numerous occasions. Odell got too much slander. And I think because of that slander and because of the things that was said about him that from a mental perception, he just decided to not respond to. It was like people got the wrong perception of him you know nobody wants to lose and when you come from a big school like LSU who's a who's whose culture generationally it's about winning and championships you want to take that anywhere you go whether it's a team in a rebuilding reloading phase whether it's a a team that you know just it's only one weapon away you're going to want to take that anywhere else you play. And that's the mentality Odell had that at that time, the Giants just wasn't ready for. I don't think Odell's a cancer. And then with Cleveland, Cleveland is Cleveland. Like, honestly, how many people work out well in there? Because Jarvis Landry is not an issue. Why did he work out in there? Why did Kareem Hunt once out? Why is all this controversy still happening if Odell was the issue in Cleveland? Clearly he wasn't. It's just Odell was just it's a great person a great athlete who was in to me was put in the wrong places at the wrong times when people were already frustrated just looking for someone with with a big enough name to blame and unfortunately Odell fell into that category that's what I think I don't think he was the issue in New York I don't think he was the issue in Cleveland I think he's a great teammate a great locker room guy because too many people want him on their team for him to be problematic. And these people share the same passion about winning in championships that he shares. So there's no way he could be this problem if all these people want him on their team. They want him in Kansas City. He's not ruling that out. You can't blame him. Patrick Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, and them guys, they could make a good run with Odell. People want him in Buffalo with Stefan Diggs, Gay Williams, McKenzie, Josh Allen, and them guys. Can't blame him with Von Miller, Poyer, all them boys on the defense. People want him back there with LA with Jalen Ramsey, with Von, I mean, not Von Miller, correct me, um, Aaron Donald, who he has a great bond with. Uh, and then you got Cooper Cup, you got Matthew Stafford, who already built chemistry with. These are too many teams who we looked at as legit contenders over the past two to three years. Who wants him here? And then we know Andy Reese is a no-nonsense person. We know Sean McVay is a cool laid-back dude, but he's a no-nonsense person. And then you also got to look at the fact that, you know, they're the Bills head coach is a no-nonsense person. So these are no-nonsense people wanting him to be a part of their culture and a part of their team. So if Odell was such this problematic person, all these people wouldn't want him. So no, I don't think Odell is an issue in the locker room. I think he's a great addition and he'll be a great addition regardless of where he lands. And the reason I ask that is because, you know, again, until I, um, the year he was with Cleveland, uh, the Colts in Cleveland had joint practices um, during training camp. Um, And prior to that, I was kind of nervous about him being in a place like Cleveland. And I mean, even I don't even see him or I mean, at the time, didn't see him as a good fit for Indiana. Um, Just because, you know, that Indiana, you know, 
Colts fans, you can be mad at me however you want and take this however you want, but the Colts are a very conservative team. But again, prior to watching him and how he interacted at training camp, I thought Odell was this very bigger than life personality. So that's part of the reason why I think LA is perfect for him. I feel like that mentality and that lifestyle fits perfect in that area. But that kind of changed for me when I watched him at that joint, uh, at those joint practices. It took me until like very late in the first day to even notice that he was out there. He had his helmet on the whole time, was quiet the whole time. Only reason I knew it was him was because of his leg tattoos. <laughs> only reason, yeah. only reason I knew it was him. Yeah, he he does so, stay I mean, out. Right. So I don't know if it was a a maturity thing or just a general change in mindset that like, yo, like, let me chill out. Let me just come in, do my job and get up out of here, which I mean, if that is the case, I'm like, I'm proud of him for changing my perspective and my view. But if you're not, not, you know, willing to, you know, take off that, you know, those blinders of, you know, he's just very larger than life and that, you know, you're asking that same question I'm asking, is he too much for a locker room? Um, well, yeah, definitely. So I just, I feel like, you know, he doesn't really feel that way. I think that his mentality at that time was just, he already was painted as the bad guy in one organization. I don't want to come here and have the same reputation. And I think that's why he wanted out of Cleveland because he started to see slowly but surely where that was going. And unfortunately, wrong situation, wrong time, frustration that it wasn't popping off the way they expected, especially with the addition of him because they know as an athlete and as a person what he brings to the table for the organization in a good way. So it's like, when things don't go the way people expect it, they try to find ways to blame everyone but everyone else but themselves. And I think that's what Odell was caught in, a situation with a front office, a coaching staff, and a bunch of other teammates around him who just did not have any type of accountability for themselves. And I think that's what started that crazy, obnoxious rumors that he was a cancer. No, the people around him was a cancer and had no accountability no type of responsibility in their system to just understand and to take a glimpse in the mirror for a second and be like, okay, this can be me too. What can I do to fix it? And I don't, and I ain't hear that question come out of pretty much anyone's mouth in either Cleveland or New York. And I think that's why, you know, I think that's why everyone just like, okay, then maybe he is the problem. No, it, it, it doesn't go like that. It doesn't work like that with me, but in Cleveland, you know what I'm about to say. Oh, Lord. Here we go. While this is a Jacoby Brissett stan account every Sunday, Odell wasn't y'all's problem. Like, y'all just need to take a whole good look at the organization as a whole because y'all are, y'all are struggling. Yeah, Cleveland. Y'all, yeah. Yeah, 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 y'all are them, struggling. Them, need, Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland. The whole, the whole group. Y'all are sitting at three and six. Granted, as you mentioned earlier, Shay, there's a number of teams sitting at three and six, and that's you know all well and good that y'all aren't the only ones. But Od- Odell wasn't was clearly, clearly not your problem. Granted, y'all and played, Cleveland, and right. Cleveland, yeah. Y'all played think, Tua on Sunday, great at the, but 39 to 17. And Od- Odell is no longer in your locker room. So, what, what, what Odell won a me? Super Bowl. Uh, listen, Odell won a you Super Bowl me? after he left Cleveland. Like, seriously, he just, right. he just, he just went to LA and was like, man, how you like me living, now? <laughs> living his best life. How you like me now? That's really how he went. And it's like, yo, he really in L. He, I'm like, yo, he really in L.A. Like telling like all the people, all the people in the media who took Cleveland's side in that whole situation. And he went to L.A. He was like, 
how you like me now, man? How y'all like me now? And I'm like, okay, okay, you could definitely get that off. But moving forward, uh, we gotta wrap this up, sis. But um, the Eagles losing. Yeah, the Eagles losing, though. Do you want to get more into that, or do you just want to move forward to Week Eleven? I think we can we can go into uh the Eagles first loss of the season first um and then go straight into but I mean quickly my thoughts on it are I mean I go back to my question from a couple of weeks ago was it the pressure of holding on to no losses for the entire season that got to them like was that was that what did it or you know it was just you know they got tired um I say it's a little bit of both, in my opinion, because when you are undefeated, all eyes are on you. Um, when you are the only team without a loss this year, it's like, okay, who's who's next? Who's gonna who's gonna step up? Who's gonna be the one to end the undefeated streak? It was like that with the 2007 Patriots. It was like that with the 2020 Steelers when they went on that 11 and 0 streak, and it's like that with the 2022 Eagles when they went on an 8 and 0 streak. It's when you are the only unbeaten team in the league, everyone is looking for that team to knock you off. And everyone is also looking for that team to be like, okay, who's going to step up? Who's going to answer the bell? Who's going to be, who's going to be the ones? And two out of three of those teams I mentioned, unfortunately, the commanders, they were the Washington football team when they ended the 11 and 0 street. Now they're the Washington commanders when they ended the eight in those streak. And ironically, both in PA went down, both in PA home turfs went down. I don't even want to get started on one. I don't need to go back down to that memory lane. But um, it's just, it's the pressure. It's the pressure being the the only unbeaten team because yes, they have eyes on all the teams, obviously, because it's the NFL. But when you are the only unbeaten team, it's just straight like, now we're going to see what y'all want to do next. We're going to see what y'all about because now it's like, okay, is anyone else going to join that club of the 1972 Miami Dolphins? Who's going to join that club? And that's really what it is when people attempt like the Eagles, like the Steelers, like the Patriots to run the table without being, without being unbeaten and, or without, you know, with being unbeaten. And it's just, when you are that and you just it's it's both it's a little bit of both because it does get tiring with the scheduling it does get tiring with uh with the pressure because i'm gonna tell you right now take it from someone who's dealing with mental health issues right now um when you have pressure when you're dealing with that it creates stress so yes stress can definitely create you know sleepless nights sleepless moments and you won't have that moment to breathe because of all the pressure that's put on you. And when you are undefeated and all eyes is on you and you're painted as the team to beat because of your record and the reason why you have that record based off what we all see within the games that you have played is going to create pressure because now it's going to be like, is this legit? Is this really going to be the team to beat? Is this really going to be the team that we're going to look at? Is this going to be the team to run the table? Are they going to run the table? All these questions come in as an athlete and as a person, they all can play in your head because it's like, you know, it. it's like, okay, are we going to be that team? Are we that team? It's time to show the world. So, and then when you're the Eagles and you're on prime time, practically almost every week, now because of that and the teams that you're playing while you're on this undefeated streak, it's going to create pressure, but honestly, they might have needed this loss because they may have had some flaws that you're really not going to pay much attention to because you're winning. And that's what you play the game for at the end of the day is to win the game. Eight weeks, they went straight winning the football game in any way, shape or form. Now that they did. So lose, what I'm hearing is the Colts just better be prepared, be prepared to go to four, six and one. Um, Autumn, I really don't know, really. Because uh, I'm not going to make any predictions. 
I'm not because, like I said, any team could get beat on any Sunday. But the Eagles can easily bounce back with what we're seeing right now based off um, your linebacker, you know, your best defensive player, your captain, getting season into back surgery. But can the Eagles stop Jonathan Taylor? It's going to be the question. Can they stop the run? Because that's the one thing the Washington Commanders, you know, I, th- I feel like that's the one way the Washington Commanders contained the Philadelphia Eagles as they were able to run the football. Now, can the Eagles stop Jonathan Taylor? That's going to be the question for that game. Because if not, Jonathan Taylor can possibly have a big day against Philadelphia and could come out with the win. And, you know, the Colts defense could probably put together some couple of pieces to maintain that offense. But your secondary against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith is the biggest question mark because – AJ Brown is a grown man and Devontae Smith is just coming into his own now that he's in a I say a caliber you know a real offensive system so now we're definitely gonna see a lot and we're gonna find out a lot about the Eagles now that their first losses came so these next eight to nine weeks we're gonna see who the Philadelphia Eagles truly are and I mean I'll say it again um but I mean I I I would love to have confidence in our offensive line, but they they haven't been the same since Anthony Costanzo left. So, I mean, I have concerns there as far as the protection of Jonathan Taylor. Um, but my other concern is while personnel has changed in, you know, in the last couple of weeks for the Colts, that, that's still a, a quarterback room that – Nick Sirianni has been in that's you know defensive team meetings that Jonathan Gannon has been in um with and without Darius Leonard I mean there there's quite a few you know Colts pieces in on that coaching staff in Philadelphia um again yes there's been personnel changes on the sidelines and on the field but again you have somebody that's coached you know been there for all of the Colts quarterback changes kind of, you know, knows that mentality um, of, you know, and that process. Um, But again, you also, you know, again, on the defensive side side of the ball, know, you know, what a healthy dominant piece that Kenny Moore the second can be, you know, you know, what that defensive line can do when they're on top of their game. So, I mean, I feel like that's another factor that Colts fans need to think about. Again, yes, I know that there's been some changes since uh, that group left. But again, that those are Frank Wright's coaches. And how much are you really changing within, you know, two weeks of him leaving? Um, but more importantly, tonight's game, the Titans and the Packers. Yeah. Um, you know, we're wrapping this up, but... Titans and the Packers, uh, that's going to be a game to watch. Um, Tennessee Titans, who I believe are five and three now, maybe five and four, six and six and three. Correct me. Thank you. Six and three. They did pick up a big win against Denver at home in Nashville. Um, They are traveling to back to Lambeau Field to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, who just improved. So I believe four and six on the season. So. Coming off a big win against Dallas at home, and now they got another opportunity to do it again against Tennessee, who's coming with Derrick Henry. But the question is now, what can we expect from that game? As obviously this would be one of the best Thursday night football matchups we have had. This is a matchup that I think is well needed because good job, Amazon. Or is that on Amazon? Yeah, yeah, good job, Amazon. You actually put on a game since Cleveland and Pittsburgh that people actually give a damn to watch. Um, It's just, I guess they they swung and they hit the home run with this one because this game to me can go either way. They both have deficiencies, I believe, but it's really going to come down to can Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis outplay Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau Field. Can Derrick Henry take on the two-on-one handicap match that he's going to be in within the ground game with both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? That's really what's going to determine. And obviously, defensively, they're both, to me, evenly matched. 
especially within the secondary. Um, but you do got Lazard and possibly Randall Cobb if he's playing, you know, tonight. But this game could go out of the way. I'm not making no predictions. I'm not. I'm not make. I can't make a prediction because Green Bay to me can be a team that's better than their record, and I think it's more of a miscommunication thing with the Packers than it is anything else. Yes, you could definitely say lack of talent, Devontae Adams, names like that will always be hard to replace, not just for the Packers, but for any organization, which is why the Raiders did not mind giving up as much as they did to get him there on top of, you know, paying him as much as they did. But I don't know. I don't have no prediction. I'm just looking forward to the game. I'm like, bring the game on. Let's see what both teams got. Let's see if the Titans really going to be these big heavyweights in the AFC that they've been built to be over these past couple of, you know, three, you know, two to three years, three to five years. Or it's the Packers. This is going to be the turn-up time in Lambeau Field. Is it time for the Packers to turn the table and, and, you know, and continue to push? This is really when we find out. See, the one thing I love the most about December, I meant November, December games, is this is when we find out who teams truly are. This is going to be the time of the year where certain teams' momentum is going to go down. It's going to cost them a playoff spot. Other teams are going to show us they are who they've always been since September. We pretty much have a good idea of who those teams can be. And then other teams, it's just going to shock us and going to make a good run. Yeah, I don't think I've got a prediction one way or another myself. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm looking for, you know, more King Henry um, highlight reels. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, that as time continues, he bounces back to um, the Derrick Henry that we're used to watching and seeing every week. Um, you know, granted, you know, he's been in the league for a minute um, and, you know, he is a key weapon for them. So it'll definitely be an interesting, you know, journey to watch as he continues to bounce back from this injury. Uh, but like we said at the top of the show, you can't you can't necessarily count out Aaron Rodgers quite yet. You can't. It's just that guy can be extremely tricky. But yeah, Thursday night football, Green Bay Packers take on hosts, actually, the Tennessee Titans, the six and three Tennessee Titans, while they're sitting there with a four and six record. Um, it's gonna be Aaron on Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime, you could definitely watch it at 8:15 p.m. Eastern Time, 5:15 p.m. Pacific Time, which will be Western Time. But wrapping up this final segment, we are finally in our final segment till NFL Week 11. What games are you looking forward to the most? I think I have uh-huh. two off, three off the top <laughs> of my head. Um, well, like I said, I mean, I, although I don't have much faith in my Colts this weekend, I am interested to see how week two goes for just Saturday. Um, so that that is definitely at the top of my list. Um, and then- Of how well he can at least coach them guys up against a tough team like the Eagles. Exactly. Um, and I'm kind of salty. You know, I've got to, you know, wait and see if we are going to get booted by the Panthers and Ravens game um, here in Carolina. So I'm, I am assuming that I will not be able to you know watch in real time my Colts this weekend but it's fine um but I'm also interested to see how well the Texans continue to play out their season even at one seven and a one um I want to see if the commanders can you know still ride that high of ending um the undefeated streak of the Eagles and you know like we said Chase Young is back so I also want to see how he you know, transitions back into playing uh, real time. Um, yeah, that's actually pretty interesting matchups. Um, I'm going to start with the Bills and the Browns for that matchup because, one, it's be pretty cool to see teams playing in, like, six inches or more of snow, and that's exactly what they're predicting to happen in Buffalo. Ooh, good luck to both teams there. But Buffalo, they're used to it. Cleveland, uh, not so much. But um, hey, yeah. Look, as much as this is a Jacoby Brissett stand account, Jacoby, you don't have no. Faith. I can't, I can't, I can't cheer for you, love. Um, you as much as I would love, I would love to. 
You uh-huh. ain't worth the damn, Kayla. Hey, look, I actually got asked at work over the weekend, uh, was I a Jacoby Brissett fan or a Cleveland fan? Because Jacoby is currently my lock screen. Um, so, like I said, this is a very strong Brissett fan account here. But Hey, this is a Mika this, Fitzpatrick fan account, so I this, definitely relate. I just, I don't, I don't know if he's got it in him. Uh, his numbers from... Week yeah. ten didn't give me too much confidence in him, uh, which I was I was definitely surprised by those numbers from him this week. Um, yeah, this past week. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously both ground games are gonna have to be huge in that game because I don't see how you can be a pass happy offense and that much snow. Even if they don't extend the game, you know, if they don't um, what you call it, delay the game is what I would say. Put the game on delay because of the weather, but. Yeah, that game I'm looking forward to because to me that's going to be can the Bills bounce back at home after a Travis loss against the Vikings or can the Browns bounce back after a devastating loss against the Dolphins in Miami. But another game I'm looking forward to, obviously, you know where I'm going with this one. It's going to be the Steelers versus the Bengals where I'm confident in my Steelers. I'm am. But I'm also nervous and excited for this game because it's AFC North football. Bengals are obviously going to be looking to get back at the Steelers. Um, Steelers defense getting healthy. Bengals getting healthy. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Both Steelers coming out with the color rush. Bengals coming out with whatever the hell you want to call it. That zebra cake jersey, whatever. Helmet, whatever. So... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that matchup because is my Steelers going to turn it around or is the Bengals going to get back in the conversation for the AFC North title or are they going to fall to zero and four? That game to me is going to be, to me, arguably game of the week. But obviously I got faith in my Steelers to pull it off like I had faith in the Saints last week. I'm nervous. I'm excited. But obviously, you know who I'm rooting for. You know who I think is going to pull it off. I just feel like our defense alone has the Bengals number and that's really what it's going to come down to with or without Mika Fitzpatrick there will be no excuse because they don't have Jamar Chase so arguably we won't have our best DB they won't have their best wide receiver so it's really going to be determined of who else can step up from both sides of the ball offensively and defensively for both teams and who's going to make the plays but yeah and another game I'm looking forward to will be I'll say the Ravens and the Panthers um, Carolina, even though with a big win against Atlanta in Carolina, they're still in the mix for their division. And then the Panther, I mean, then you got the Ravens who just, just want to, who pretty much want to keep as much leap in AFC North division as they can, especially knowing that in about another two to three weeks, they will be in Pittsburgh for game one of that series. And obviously you don't want to be a game or two in front of the Steelers and then lose another game and then, you know, give them the lead. Obviously, I feel like that matchup alone is going to be the game that's going to – one of the games is going to determine the AFC North division because I feel like that's who the division is going to come down to, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, believe it or not, even though the Steelers' record doesn't look like that. But the AFC North was pretty shaky this year. I think that keeping my Steelers around is going to come back to haunt a lot of teams, especially with the way they're slacking off. But the Ravens, obviously, they're going to be looking. Carolina could definitely shock you because no one expected them to blow out the Bucks, and they did. But depending on where the game is, I actually don't really remember. But if, if it's an M&T Bank, then Baltimore's definitely going to pull it off. But if it's in Carolina, you better look out up in the air. But, yeah, those will be my matchups. Um, would you like to say anything before we sign off and close out this episode? Colts fans don't don't hate me this week and you know Cleveland y'all are just gonna have to be mad at <laughs> lack of faith um as a Jacoby Brissett fan account all right that's perfectly fine um that's all I gotta say my precious Pittsburgh Penguins does play tonight so let's go Pens um yeah I have to say that I have to give them a shout out here even though they kind of disappointed me Tuesday night about that pathetic loss at home against the Maple Leafs but yes, let's go pens. Um, see you guys next week. This is your host Shayla, May Shayla, Kayla signing out. This has been the Mike Bomb Podcast. Bye.
Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting out. But before I do, I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, followed, and listened to the podcast, and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support and see you next episode. This is my day, day. this is my night, night, this is my pain, hey, this is my life.